So many times when we feel disconnected from our spouse, we think, oh, they're just so different. They've changed. I'm not connected to them anymore. This whole podcast is about teaching you how you have more power in your relationship and changing your relationship than you think. It's not about changing your spouse. It's about taking back the control. So you can build rapport with your spouse without them changing. This is Divine Marriage, the podcast where we study what the healthiest, most successful couples in the world think and do. And we use this knowledge to help you stop enduring your marriage and start enjoying it. Today, we're going to talk about building subconscious rapport with your spouse. What is rapport? What's going on? How do you build it? And why does that matter? And we've talked about this a little bit in some of our past um, podcast episodes, but today we just want to dive really deep, specifically into rapport itself, because we've usually paired this topic up with other subjects. So we just want to go really deep on this so you can understand this, because healthy relationships have a really good amount of rapport. When we say the word rapport, what we're really talking about is the feeling that you experience of trust, of connection, of feeling like he gets me, she gets me, and feeling that bond of being on the kind of not on the same page, but you just get each other. You feel in sync. You feel in sync. Rapport is not agreement. It doesn't, like Justin said, it doesn't mean you're on the same page and you agree about everything. It just means that you have this feeling of trust and connection to the other person. Even if you have different point of views on the world or you process things differently, you can still have a good connection to somebody, a good feeling of rapport with them. So, so I was going to say, sometimes you just meet somebody and instantly feel this rapport yeah. with them. Like there's this friend that I have who we just met up at the library one day with our kids. And the first two minutes into our conversation, I just really liked her, felt so comfortable with her, felt like I could go over to her house and just chill all day and enjoy her company. And it was kind of this mutual feeling of connection and trust and um, just liking each other. And then for other relationships, over time, I've had to build rapport. It wasn't an instant connection, but as I learn more about the person and have experience getting to know them, have these conversations, we slowly build rapport. So rapport can go both ways. You can just kind of have it. And that's because rapport, what really happens when you have rapport is you have an interneural connectivity. Your brain waves can actually sync so there are a lot of studies on this, actually, where they monitor people's brain waves when they're doing a task together, playing a game together, and they've noticed that their brain waves actually go into sync. And it seems to be the science is showing that this is not dependent on location. I could be playing a video game with someone across the United States or across the world and experience this phenomenon of being what we say is in sync in our language. But really what's going on there is your brainwaves are actually lining up. You're really on the same page when it comes to that. Ironically, too, if you're with someone, this is something that they've seen not only with humans, but they've also studied this in different mammals, how you tend to match and mirror. It's, it's a brain-body connection yeah. because you really start to act out physically what's going on in your brain. So matching and mirroring means to sit the same way the person that you're talking to is sitting, or maybe they hold their hand up to their face and without even realizing it, you start holding up your hand up to your face. You'll notice that your pitch and your tonality as you're talking, how excited or how non-excited you are in the conversation will kind of match and mirror each other. Emotions are highly contagious. We match and mirror those like crazy. 
as well as just the words that we use. You might find yourself using certain words with your girlfriend, but different words with your husband just to describe things because you take on each other's personalities a little bit when this sync is happening, when you're feeling that rapport. Yeah, my mom is so funny because she does not have a Southern accent. We lived in Tennessee for 10 years, but whenever we visit Tennessee and she's speaking to an old friend who does have a bit of a Southern accent, my mom drops into a Southern drawl. Like she does not naturally have that. She never uses it. But when she's talking to her friend, she just, it just starts to come out of her. It's an unconscious thing she does. And it's again, getting on that same brain length, just get building that rapport with somebody. Now in marriage, in your relationship, your romantic relationship with your spouse, all the other aspects of your relationship with your spouse, when you start off, when you get engaged, when you're dating, when you get married, a lot of times it's because of this feeling of rapport that's leading into those desires for commitment. And to the point where you see someone who's engaged and they show up and they're wearing the same clothes and they're being all lovey-dovey and it's kind of annoying. It's like, you guys got a little too much (laughs) rapport going on. But over time, for some reason, what we tend to do is break rapport with our spouse. We break rapport on the little things day by day, just on little areas to the point where you don't even realize it. And you're feeling like if we could only feel connection again, if we could only feel like I can trust them with my thoughts and opinions, then I would talk more, whatever, you know, we do tend to break rapport and we want to teach you some simple ways that you can go about tricking your brain into building it back again. Yeah. And you can build it back without your spouse changing. So many times when we feel disconnected from our spouse, we think, oh, they're just so different. They've changed. I'm not connected to them anymore. This whole podcast is about teaching you how you have more power in your relationship and changing your relationship than you think. It's not about changing your spouse. It's about taking back the control. So you can build rapport with your spouse without them changing. When you look at it, how can I feel more connection in this relationship? It is about what you're feeling. And we know, I'm sure you know as well, couples where one spouse feels totally connected and the other spouse is like, I want a divorce. I don't know (laughs) know? who you are anymore. I don't know who Mm -hmm. you are. And it can catch uh, couples by surprise because how connected you feel is not how connected they feel. So doing these things will not only help you feel more connected to them, but it'll also create an environment where they can start feeling more trust and connection with you. The first tip that we want to give is, you know, we talked about matching and mirroring earlier, and this is actually a strategy where you can build that subconscious rapport. If you notice your spouse sitting on the couch, kind of lounging, sit down and lounge next to him. You know, if your spouse is sitting down on the couch lounging and you think, oh, this is a good opportunity for me to vacuum the living room and clean up and tidy up and just keep going going like a busy bee. That might not be matching and mirroring. That might not be building connection, even though it is a good thing to keep a clean house. The point is, how do you build that connection? By matching and mirroring. Yeah, and just taking some time every day to intentionally build that. Right. You don't have to do it all the time. This is just when you want to feel it type of thing. You can match and mirror their tonality as well right? You want to get into agreement with your spouse. And that is something that will trigger your brain that you're on the same wavelength and that you are connecting. So matching their tonality, if they're coming in and they have a tough day and they just want to vent about it, giving them space, holding space for them to vent. 
and not trying to change what they're saying, not saying, oh, but it's such a beautiful day and the traffic was so great and just trying to snap them out of it. That's not what this is about. We're talking about building connection. So make some space for them to feel what they need to feel and allow yourself to experience it a little bit with them. Yeah. Don't negate their opinions and attitudes. You can, especially if they're maybe having a day where they're down on themselves, like, oh, I just can't measure up. Work is so hard. You can agree like, yeah, work's been really tough lately. It's been really frantic and you are incredible for putting up with it all. Like you can encourage them and be that cheerleader and support for them. Um, but instead of saying like, yeah, but don't say yeah, but cause when you use words like, but, or well, actually like you're trying to change what they say, it does come across as this negating what they just said. So we like to use the phrase yes. And so they come home and say, work was so stressful. You can be like, yes. And you are killing it. <laughs> or, <laughs> just, you know, you can try to bring some positivity in, but don't do it by just negating everything they just said and invalidating their emotions and their experience of their life agree with them because they're sharing what's personal to them. They're sharing their experience and you don't know what that's like. You just know what they're telling you. So agree with that. And then you can bring in what you have to offer and your own perspective. Exactly. This idea of agreement is so powerful because of what it does to your subconscious mind and how it creates that feeling of connection, of trust, and that she gets me, she understands what's going on. Holding space for your spouse really reminds me of this analogy. I am—I don't know who to originally attribute to, but I heard it first from Burt Castillo, who is owner of the Life Coach School, and it's called the bench analogy. And in this analogy, we talk about life like we're in a park all together, and there's just all of these benches, and each bench is a different emotion and life experience, and how each of us is meant to sit on every one of these benches. Even the negative emotions, we're meant to experience those, you guys. And so maybe your spouse is sitting on the bench of frustration. They're just so frustrated. And you've been over on this bench of gratitude. And you're like, whoa, 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 don't sit on that bench. Get off the bench of frustration. It's not pretty over there. You need to come sit by me on this bench of gratitude. And when you have a loved one who's sitting on this bench and you're trying to pull them off of it, they're going to have a lot of resistance to that. And that is going to break connection. It's not helpful. They need to experience that emotion. They need to process it. They need to learn from it. And what we can do to support them best is just to hold their hand and sit on the bench with them. It doesn't mean you have to assume like, yeah, let's think about all the things I'm frustrated about, but just to sit next to them, ask them what it's like to be on that bench. What do they see? What are they learning? What's this experience like for them? And we all will naturally, eventually, as we've processed our own emotions and experiences and learned from them, we will naturally get up from that bench on our own. We don't need each other to pull each other off. There's so much resistance to that and we'll miss some of the life lessons we're meant to learn. So maintain that rapport and connection by just allowing them to sit on that bench. Maybe sit down with them, ask them about it and be curious. And really it's more about being curious and asking them about them and trying to understand what's really going on in their heart, trying to get to that understanding more than it is about saying, oh, you're depressed. I'm going to be depressed too. You're in a bad mood complaining about things. I'm going to be in a bad mood and complain about things too. It's not necessarily about that, but it is about the connection. Just supporting them. This is what the scriptures mean when they say mourn with those that mourn, comfort those that stand in need of comfort. Now, an interesting aside, when I was first learning about building rapport and breaking rapport, 
in our training that we went through with uh, neuro-linguistic programming. They taught us different phrases and different, um, oh, just different language styles to help you get into rapport with someone and different language styles to break rapport. I remember listening to a general conference talk and I was talking with someone who had lost rapport, I'll call it, with the spirit and with um, with the scriptures to the point where they couldn't feel the spirit. They couldn't feel that connection, that trust when they were reading the scriptures. And I thought about the language that they were using and I thought that's so interesting. I'm going to do a little experiment so this was the next day I was listening to Elder Uchtdorf talk and I said, okay, for the first half of his talk, I'm going to use language in my mind and my self-talk that breaks rapport. And next episode, we're going to talk about when and how you should break rapport. But this episode is about building rapport. So the first half of the talk, I was thinking all of these phrases to break rapport. And to break that connection. And it was interesting that I felt nothing. <laughs> I did not feel connection with the ideas or thoughts. I thought they were interesting, right? But I didn't feel that connection. The second half of the talk, this was the same talk. All I did was change my internal dialogue. And what I did was specifically, I used the phrase, that's right. Right? Going back into that agreement that we talked about. And maybe you can try this as you're talking to your spouse when they're talking, instead of trying to think of what you're going to say next, which is always the temptation, try and think, oh, that's right. Now that's right, what they're saying. So anyways, I did that as I was listening to Elder Uchtdorf, and I was surprised by how much connection I felt to the ideas and principles that he was talking about. I felt connected to him. I felt the spirit as he was talking. Just by changing my internal dialogue, it opened my heart for connection. And that's what we're talking about. So the phrase, that's right, is a powerful one for your internal dialogue when you're wanting to connect with your spouse, when you're wanting to listen to them. Another way is looking at their habits, seeing the things that they're doing well, seeing the things that they're interested in, and taking an interest yourself is a way for you to get curious. It's a way for you to build rapport that you're going to appreciate later. So we want to talk about for a second like when specifically is this critical for your relationship? We've talked about how to build it by matching and mirroring, by getting into agreement, by looking at um, their habits and using those yes and statements. But when is this critical? Like Joel said, this isn't something you got to do all the time or always has to be on your mind, but there are specific times in your relationship where the need for connection and trust is much higher. And it's not necessarily, like she said, about getting into agreement and being on the same page, but it is about trust. I think it often comes down to your value systems. Like when you're, you can be in rapport with your value systems, then it's a lot easier to have a healthy, committed relationship because there's this feeling of trust when it comes down to your values. So it might not be how you spend the money, but it's about your, your goals towards the future with your budgeting. Like it doesn't mean you have to budget the exact same way, but you value each other and the way that you spend money. And I like to point out that it isn't about agreeing. Like we've said this before in a podcast where you don't have to be in total agreement about how to parent your children, but you want to be in rapport, meaning you trust each other, that you're on the same team. 
And I like the analogy of a team because if I think of like a soccer team, the goalie and the forward, they have different goals in mind. Like they're, they want to win the game, but the goalie's really focused on defense and the forward is really focused on offense. So their focus is different. What they think is critical to the game is a little bit different, but they have the same value goal of let's win this game. Let's work together. So you might have see all of these differences. You should have differences because you're different people with different experiences in exactly how you carry out the budgeting, exactly how you carry out the parenting. But at the deep root of it, you're on the same team. We're going to raise these kids with love. That might look a little differently when you're parenting versus me, but we love them and we want them to grow into strong, independent adults. Like, do you see how that's different? The root value, you're on the same team and you have this agreement rapport of trust, but you might have differences in how you carry that out. One of the most effective therapies or techniques that we do is called the parts integration. And you can have a couple two individuals who are completely on a different page, just completely at odds. And as you ask them, okay, you want this and you want this and you, you're both unwilling to com compromise, you know, what is the importance of that thing that you want? Like, why, why do you want it? What's the overall intent behind it? And you ask that question over and over and over again until ultimately they realize that they both want the same thing. They just want to accomplish it differently. Yeah, down at the root, they're on the same page. And when they can learn that and understand that, there's the rapport. Yeah. They feel connected again. They feel like we're on the same team. I can trust you. The trust is critical too, because you realize that you both want the same thing and she might be doing something different or something that I bugs me or I don't necessarily like. But when I can trust her and say, oh yeah, she wants the same thing that I do. She's accomplishing it in her way. And then all of a sudden, is it hard for me to hold space for her to do that? No, it's like the easiest thing in the world. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, way to go, babe. Yeah. This can be a great meditation practice for you right now. If there's something your spouse is doing that maybe is upsetting you, or you just feel like, oh, we're just not on the same page with this. Remember, it's okay to be on a different page, but ask yourself at the root of it. Are you guys on the same team? Do you really want the same thing? Does he want a good marriage with you? Does he want your kids to be healthy and happy? Like those broader values. When you realize you're on the same page, suddenly you can start to trust that, okay, they're going to go about this differently than me. And their experience is different than me. They have a different personality. He's not right or wrong. He's him and he's unique. And I can give him some trust. Exactly. And remember that we're not talking about surface level stuff here. We're not talking about surface level connection or trust. We're talking about deep interneural connectivity and how to get to that deep subconscious level of feeling that highly intimate emotional connection with your spouse. And the more that you practice this and the better that you get at it, the more you're going to feel those things. So as you're listening to this and, and you might be thinking about your spouse and want to share it with them, just go ahead and text it to them or even a friend, a uh, guy friend or girlfriend that you've got who might find this interesting, share it with them. We love sharing this message. We're putting the uh, link to our free resource, 13 things to give up to stop resenting your spouse in the notes section. So go ahead and give that a download. If you haven't already, you're going to love it. Coaching changed our marriage and we've seen it help others heal past trauma and reconnect with their spouse. But is it right for you? Try now today at divinemarriage.mailchimpsites.com.